Shoots, he scores! William Carlson! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Now brought out by the Knights, here they go. Left side, Yanmark, put it out in front for Wah! Kick save, rebound! Score! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace, Millard, Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... We got a lot to get to today. We are going to go through last night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So maybe a report of sorts. I haven't decided quite how I'm going to phrase this on the Vegas Golden Knights season, considering that we have this break in the schedule, the pause, before we go back to work against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Monday and the Montreal Canadiens uh, on Thursday next week. Uh, so we've got uh, an opportunity to be uh, reflective in what's happened this season for the Vegas Golden Knights. So one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League also coming up in hour number two uh, let you know what's happening on that front there were some weird games uh, last night and I think there's there's some more uh, strange stuff to come and uh, we'll also get into uh, just a look ahead to to All-Star Weekend uh, this week and uh, what uh, the Vegas uh, Golden Knights and the National Hockey League are going to do uh, on this front so uh, plenty to uh, talk about including Brian Lawton from the NHL Network uh, who's coming up in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, last night's game didn't go mm-hmm. the Golden Knights way, but it's one of those yeah. those rare nights, Ryan, where I left the rink going, that was fun, like that, like all encompassing. The result, even with the result, <laughs> that was still that was still enjoyable. Um, everything about that game was fun, except for three on three overtime. Like that was the only part that. Uh, for me, I would have liked a little bit more action, especially with those two teams and the the rate of, of offensive production, the chances that they can create on the rush. I thought it would be a little bit more entertaining uh, from that standpoint. But uh, if that was the only real lull in the game, uh, I'll take everything else. Uh, let's slide over to Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, who has uh, called in on line number one. Brian from Minnesota. Uh, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Darren, how are you? Do you like Good the way, to speak with you, gentlemen. Do you like the way I just treated you like uh, like all of our listeners? Because nobody's better than anybody else in this world. You know that, Brian. I know that. <laughs> I absolutely know that. I'm in the city that knows that. New York City right now. Hey, how, equal. how much do you spend? Because you're at the network. You always seem to be on. Uh, more of a, a personal life question to hear. Uh, like, how much time are you back in, in Minnesota? How much time are you in, in at the network? I still spend the majority of my time in Minnesota, but I'm generally required to be here about 130 days in New York. 130 days? That's like a third of the year. That's right, Darren. That's what happens when you have a real job. When you get one, you'll know. <laughs> I've never had a real job in my years, and I'm, I'm holding out hope uh, that that never happens. Uh, uh, let me uh, start here. Who do you think the best team in the National Hockey League is as we approach the halfway point? Please say that again. I dropped my phone. I apologize to all the fans listening. Uh, Who do you think is the best team in the National Hockey League as we approach the halfway point? 
Well, obviously, I'm supposed to say Vegas, but I'm not going to say don't that. Have no to. disrespect. <laughs> I think Vegas could be the best hockey team. Let's see when they get their full lineup in there. But right now, for me, uh, I just had this debate with somebody at the network, and they said Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's got a couple of Achilles heels for me. I'm not sold on their depth, and I'm not quite sold on their goaltending. Obviously, there's lots of things to love about Colorado. But that leads me to defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. I still have them as my odds-on favorite to win again, and it's not easy to pick them when I look at all the other quality teams in the East right now because it's going to be a bear to get out of that division or that conference, I should say. Uh, there's just so many teams, and now that Pittsburgh you know, appears to have jumped up into that mix, going to be a challenge, but they're the best team in the league right now. What what should Florida do with the interim tag on Andrew Burnett? Let it be or take it away? I don't think there's any reason to make a change right now. I think Andrew's done an incredible job. Uh, It's not easy to replace a Hall of Fame coach like Joel Quenville, um, and especially under the circumstances that he had to come in on, but uh, he knows the team well. They've responded well. I would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't change anything until after the season. If I were Billy Zito, I would have said that to Andrew. You're going to be the coach, and then we'll talk after the year and figure out where we go, where we go from there. Why would I say that? Well, number one, because he's already under contract to the organization, even though you moved him up. There was no contract in terms of how long you'd be the head coach. And number two, quite frankly, I want to see how the team responds over the year and specifically in the playoffs. Um, Florida has a great team. They really have done a lot of great things. It really shocked me when Barkov went down and they didn't miss a beat. That's new for that organization. Um, they've done a, an awesome job quickly, I might add, with Billy Zito and Paul Fenton and Rick Dudley and my good friend Sonny Mehta running their analytics department. Uh, they're, they're a really impressive group, what they've been able to do so quickly. When you talk to Sonny Mehta, do you say, my good friend Darren Millard? I never say that to him. Should I? <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> former, former general manager in the National Hockey League is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, and he is my good friend. Uh, joins us on the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, Brian, what's your read on the Nashville Predators? Right now they're tops in the Central Division, 50 points in 37 games. We we saw them not too long ago. I was impressed by them in how they were able to play such a physical style against the Vegas Golden Knights, shut them down, take away the middle of the ice. Uh, What's your read on this Predators team 37 games into the season? Well, I just got off my normal job on NHL Network for a few hours, and I had the chance today to interview John Hines, and I asked him an interesting question. At least one person thought it was interesting. That was me. I wanted to know how he got his star players going again, specifically Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne. And I loved his answer. He really talked about a partnership between the coaches and the players, almost a bargain. I need you to do this, and I'll do this. And he spent a lot of time thinking about what he said, and I think he's done an excellent job. Those guys having terrific seasons and I didn't feel before this year that they were going anywhere unless they could get those two players in particular to really buy in get back to the levels that 
expect from players like Duchesne and Johansson. And then when I add in, you know, the goaltender, UC Soros, what he's done, he's been terrific. Tanner Janot's been a great story. Yes. So I, I, I think they've got a little bit more staying power. Tanner Janot's a little bit old school there, and you, you'd love this about him. He, he'll, he's a young guy. He's come in, and uh, he'll punch you in the face. Yeah. You know, you might as well just say it. He's a, a big boy that's paid his dues. He's been in the East Coast Hockey League as well as the American Hockey League. He's finally made it there. He's starting to score. He's getting recognition as one of the better rookies in the year like of the year like he deserves. But um, at 24 years old, he's had a really interesting journey, and it's great to see guys like that break through. I think he should get five or ten bonus points in Calder Trophy rate, uh, voting for every different league that you played in in, in minor pro hockey. Uh, because of, of of what he's done uh, when at the end of the year, and you, and you're right about him. Uh, John Hines is a fascinating conversation. And uh, if you uh, get time to just sit and chat with him, his his work with Duchesne and uh, Giants, they, it was a ne- almost like a negotiation back and forth with those guys. And, and not many coaches would do that. No, they they wouldn't. But that's today's game. Yeah, you know, it's it's different in. The era when I played, it was not like that. It was the coach's way or the highway, and there was no negotiation. As a matter of fact, it was non-negotiable, to put it that way. Um, but the world's changed, and society's changed, and hockey's changed, and hockey coaches have had to change. Hockey operations departments have had to change. Uh, and I think it's for the better overall. Uh, you know, we've come a long way. We're not throwing people to lions anymore in the Coliseum, so we're evolving. That's good. Just one day a year, I'd like to bring that one back. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> just, just one day a year, and then, then we can move on. Uh, Brian Lawton's with us on the VGK uh, Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Where, where's things in Edmonton in, in your evaluation? Uh, that's a good question. I'm very good friends with Dave Tippett, a mm-hmm. former teammate of mine, um, I haven't been very pleased to to watch what I call a little bit of a cancel culture, almost against him up there. I in know, and it's it's ridiculous. You know, this guy's an A plus coach, as you know, Darren. Uh, he's treated his players, you know, over a thousand games coached in this league with nothing but respect. Um, society is different, but having been a former general manager, you you can set kind of rules of how you want your coaches talking players and it's still okay you don't want your coaches berating players or things like that maybe things you saw in the past but it's still okay to to at times acknowledge that they haven't played up to the level you expect from them that's just a part of the business we sign up for that um so when i look at that aspect i think it speaks to the rabid fan base they have up there and I do do a weekly radio show in Edmonton, and I do it because the people are so passionate about hockey. And I don't do a lot of them. I like Bob Stoffer also. He's a good friend. I don't like him as much as you, Darren, but I like him a lot. He's a good guy. I mean, you can make sure we, we, we keep you confident. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, no, I, I, I do. I, I think Edmonton will play much better again, and I think that time is coming quickly. I really do. They went through a great stretch. It was probably better than, than what their team is at right now, and then they went through an incredibly poor stretch 
where they're, I think their team um, has got a lot more tickets. So I, I, I'm still bullish on Edmonton. I haven't uh, sold Edmonton. I think they'll be back. I think they'll finish strong. I believe they'll make the playoffs. And, um, you know, I also believe they have some challenges with their roster. They haven't really addressed the goaltending position. And that is haunting them. Um, but that's not that's not on the coach. No. You know, the coach's job is to coach them up and make them better. So I'd imagine Ken Holland is hard at work, you know, trying to figure out where he takes this organization. Ryan, do you want to go down the goaltending path with Brian? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I think that that's that's something that has to be addressed here. As you get closer and closer to the trade deadline, goaltending is going to be the thing that holds the Edmonton Oilers back. So you know, I if the trade deadline comes and goes without a goaltender being brought into to Edmonton, I think that that's um, that's just not giving Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle a, a good enough chance in the playoffs. It's not, but do you fire the coach for that? No, no, no you, absolutely you not. I think coach, you, yeah. you, 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 no, you have to go out and get a goal. You have to go out and give Dave Tippett uh, something else in that in that department in order to get the most out of this team. Yeah, I, I agree. You do, and yet the toughest thing to do in the National Hockey League is when you're a little bit behind the eight ball and everybody knows it to go out and acquire that piece. Yeah, the prices get jacked up and up and up. And it makes it doubly difficult in a league that's already difficult to make trades in, especially due to a flat salary cap. I uh, know you have to fly. Thanks for uh, taking a couple of minutes with us uh, on the VGK Insider Show. And uh, I really do uh, appreciate uh, being able to have some laughs and uh, enjoy and lean on your insight. Uh, you're a good guy. Well, I appreciate it. You know I love coming on anytime, you guys. Good luck. Uh, really enjoy watching Vegas. Kelly McCrimmon's doing an awesome job. Peter DeBoer is a good man behind the bench. Jack Eichel coming soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to be. It's always, it's always an exciting time in Vegas for hockey. It's you incredible. got that right. Are you coming out here for All Star? I am. I don't know yet. I had a discussion the other day and undecided. Okay. Well, I got so. a spare room for you if you if it, it's it's not the Cosmopolitan or uh, one of the fancy hotels, but I got a, I got a spare room for you. I'll even drive you All around. Right. Well, I was just out there, saw Lionel Richie concert over at the Wynn Hotel. You you got way more connections than me, so the the, the, <laughs> the spare room thing's canceled. You're on your own. <laughs> Thanks, lots. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. Take See care. you, buddy. Uh, there's Brian Lawton, former general manager in the National Hockey League, number one overall pick, and now works for the NHL Network. Uh, tune in uh, to the NHL Network for all your uh, hockey news and information as well as uh, entertainment and uh, and games as well. So it's, uh, it's a great little uh, setup. Uh, NHL tonight uh, throughout the regular season with Brian Lawton on the NHL Network. You know, you're going to run out of space in your Adobe, Adobe or Abode or whatever it's called because <laughs> every, every single guest that we have brought on the show recently – You've asked, hey, are you coming out for the All-Star game? They're like, yeah, I don't know yet. And you're like, yeah, come stay at my place. Come stay at my place. I, I, I don't know if your wife and kids are going to enjoy having like 37 hockey people in the house at the same time. You know why? They'll love it. They they won't have to talk to me as much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think you, what, what you should do is you should get the wife and kids a nice room on the strip and mm. let them chill there for the weekend. And then you yeah. have all the hockey people over. Yeah, my wife will be up for that if it wasn't Jen and the kids. <laughs> like it was just Jen then yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but
but even so there you go. You, you lost even solved. her. <laughs> if it was me and the kids at home and Jen on the strip, yeah. then uh, then then absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, do something nice, Darren. <laughs> I, w- I was at Costco today, and I just picture your house looking like the checkout line at Costco <laughs> during All Star Weekend. Yeah, the uh, the the second fridge would uh, the garage fridge, as uh, as we call it, uh, would be would be jammed up. Uh, so let's get back to last night's game, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, yeah, overtime didn't have the flow. There was only one shot, and and it mm-hmm. barely snuck into the timeline of the. Uh, five-minute overtime period because Jonathan Marshall took it right at the end. But but the rest of the action was really good. Like, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, the game the game for me was an interesting one in, in that you had probably a, 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 as lackluster a period as you're going to get from the Golden Knights. And, and again, I, I think you you understood it. They, they, they were not good in that first period. However, uh, on special teams, the area where you, coming into that, you look at it and you say advantage Toronto, it was the Golden Knights that were exceptional on special teams in the first period. And that and that coupled with a big-time save from Robin Leonard on Austin Matthews uh, was really the catalyst for the Golden Knights being tied going into the second period. And then from that point forward, um, you know, I thought the first 10 minutes of the second period, the Golden Knights were fantastic, really strong pushes, um, great zone time, really good looks on Jack Campbell. Uh, Campbell was just dialed in. And, you know, for Toronto, it was all about opportunistic offense in the second period and then uh, a strong push in the third from the Golden Knights. Uh, it was a strange game in the sense with all the offense and both teams averaged more than three goals a game. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of penalty kills that changed momentum. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights had a big kill in the first period and got some jump off it and managed to come back and, and score a goal. And... And then in the in the second period, it was the other side where the Toronto Maple Leafs had a big kill and uh, and were able to to come back and and really grab momentum like they had in the in the first ten minutes. And I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, I, I also want to say what a great job coaching did last night in the idea of calling that timeout on the five on three with just mm-hmm. under a minute to go in in the third period. Yep. I know most teams, and this isn't saying that, that Vegas broke the mold on this, but most teams would go with the five-on-three, take your chances in scoring with it, and save your timeout in case you don't get that goal and you can drop the play or set things up uh, in the final two minutes. That's mm-hmm. the traditional way. Vegas changed it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the the Logan Thompson debut game, where they called the timeout halfway through the first and went with and actually took Logan Thompson out uh, of the game and really went hard uh, on on the extra pressure. And yesterday, with 11 minutes to go, uh, they call the timeout and Pete DeBoer gives Steve Spot the the whiteboard and off he goes in drawing up a play. It ended up being so late in in the five on three. I'm not sure exactly that that was the the play that they drew up and it was a it was a marvelous uh, bit of patience from Alex Petrangelo doing the old uh, Charles Barkley hitch in the in the shot waiting and then shooting it but I love the aggressiveness on on Pete DeBoer's approach to call the timeout early and set yourself up for the best chance to score with strategy and then the man advantages. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to get a better opportunity or a better look in that situation to try no. 
to, to even up the game, right? And, and I think that was the, the big thing for me is that you take every advantage and every opportunity that you have. Alex Petrangelo was on the ice for a ton of, of uh, last night. And, you know, even if it was just for a breather, drawing up the play and really making sure everyone is focused and understanding of what you want out of them on this five on three. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good to, to get that pause, have everyone reset, refocus and get out there and find that next goal. And, you know, it ended up working in in so far as the Golden Knights were able to score on the five on three. But that was the best opportunity at that point in the game. And you, you don't want to you don't want to coach for five minutes from now or 10 minutes from now. You want to coach for this moment and this moment being your best opportunity. Everything you said right on the money. You know what happens 85 percent of the time? The exact mm-hmm. opposite. I know. I exact know. opposite. And, so, like, I'm not I'm, and, I'm not uh, I'm not saying that uh, that that. You're you're wrong in that in in that yeah. regard, or you're 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 talking on both sides of the the fence. But it's it's absolutely true. The 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 time to plan the strategy and take advantage and and have the uh, the edge in manpower and set up the strategy was right then. Most coaches would hold on to the timeout one for a challenge mm-hmm. situation and two for the final two minutes. And and Vegas went with the aggressive approach, and and I think that's that's kind of cool because they they do preach aggressiveness in the penalty kill, uh, in their forecheck, in the neutral zone, how they play it. Like everything is push, push, push. Mm-hmm. Not often you can see the actual coaching strategy uh, have a, 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 an opportunity or a window to support that and and be parallel to that. And that's what you saw in that middle of the third period timeout. And how much of that is is just kind of the the reading of the moment from Pete DeBoer, right? Like, this is a coach that is not afraid to be bold in those decisions. As you mentioned, Logan Thompson pulling him with over 10 minutes uh, to go in, in, in the game that he played simply because you had an opportunity to make it a two-man advantage and, you, you know, you, you have an opportunity, you go for it. You try something a little bit outside of the box. And, you know, if it's just kind of a feeling, a, a sensation that Pete DeBoer has in that moment that this is our shot, this is our chance, let's go in right now, I, I wonder how much of it is is just kind of those instincts taking over in the moment versus um, looking at a team maybe that, that doesn't have a push, isn't pushing hard enough, and maybe you, you, you wait for that, that final 90 seconds. Absolutely, uh, Pete DeBoer. And I think it's part of his philosophy in, in coaching uh, to do that. Listen, the, the game that they set up the five-on-three by taking Logan Thompson out, uh, mm-hmm. I firmly believe, and I haven't had a chance to talk to Pete one-on-one about this, but I firmly believe that was him taking the initiative. Like, the players, it, they, didn't, they didn't have it. They weren't going. There was not a lot uh, happening in that game uh, from a Vegas Golden Knight uh, perspective to give you an idea that they were going to be able to come back. So he wanted to jumpstart them with that situation and calling the timeout middle of the third period and then taking uh, the goalie out for the extra attacker. That was his way to uh, initiate some jump. Last night was different. Last night was simply the five-on-three occurred and you're going to set your players up uh, for, for an opportunity and give them the best stage uh, to, to come through and perform for you. And the, it, it looks like the same because you're calling the timeout and you're creating a, a two-man advantage or, or a 
jumping on a two-man advantage. But but I think the the game for, with Logan Thompson was was as much uh, a kick in the pants to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night was a pat in the back to the team, and let's go and, and go get it. Both very aggressive, but but different. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I think that that's just a, a coach that's got to read on on what his team needs, and there's different ways to to kind of put your your fingerprints all over a, a game if if you're head coach Pete DeBoer, and we've seen him do it in many different ways. There there have been a lot of of moments throughout this season where we've talked about Pete DeBoer's coaching and it being the difference for the Golden Knights, and you know, in in that situation, if if you're not as aggressive as the Golden Knights are. Uh, who's to say, right? Like, who knows what happens at that point? If you don't take the time out, if you don't regroup, if, if you don't have maybe the players you want out there on that five-on-three, uh, you don't find a goal there. There's no guarantee you're going to find it later. So that, that's a big-time uh, point in the bank, I think, for the Golden Knights based on the ability and the desire to be a bit aggressive in that situation. And for those that are thinking, okay, well, glass half full, Millard, because it worked uh, for them, I realize there's a risk there. I realize that uh, you take your time out and something happens you can't challenge, then you're 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 in trouble. I, I realize that you get down to a couple of minutes to go, and you could use that time out, and uh, you don't have it, and you don't have the opportunity to set up a play. Uh, it it can cost you, yeah. But being proactive uh, is much more with this team's philosophy than than waiting to see if because uh, you can give your team all the time in the world and there's there's moments where Pete DeBoer does that where he won't change lines uh he'll let them work into a game and he'll he'll try to be uh patient uh, as long as he can that that's that's good too but being uh having your finger on on what's happening uh and the other part is they're missing eight regulars last night you mm-hmm. you got to give your guys uh, as much uh just a breather. You called it a breather, catching their breath. Um, that that part of it uh, too. And then you end up getting it on uh, a, a great play because there was some frustration in the building during that five on three, where they yeah. were they were passing the puck around, and you, you Petrangelo had a great shot and just missed the net, and then it was kept to the outside, and a player makes an all world play, and Petrangelo's head was up the entire time when Morgan Riley was coming out to block that shot, uh, mm-hmm. and. He paused just enough and waited for Riley to slide away. And that little bit of hesitation throws almost, it, it doesn't look like a broken play, but it is uh, to the goaltender and to Morgan Riley uh, because they've they've moved out of their window or, or the, the shot's not coming when you expect it. And, and Alex Petrangelo makes, a, makes an all-world play. Although, I don't know whether you heard about it, there was some news about Alex Petrangelo after the game. I'm going to get into that. Well, disappointing oh, news. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with some some disappointing. It's not bad. Okay. No. No. Nobody panic. It's not bad. It's just disappointing news. Uh, we'll come back on the other side and we'll also chat about a little <laughs> bit of frustration on the next man up mentality because it's. Uh, thank goodness this break has happened because uh, I feel like uh, Pete DeBoer is just uh, at the at the end uh, with uh, with what's happening right now. It's the VGK Insider Show. Anybody want to come and hang out in Vegas with me? I got I got an extra room. Like, sign up right now. Uh, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. 
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. We're going to have to have a team off-air conversation at some point today. There's just a topic that's made its rounds over the last 20 hours. Not sure we can raise it here, but we'll have a conversation, all right? And then we'll come to a consensus on and, and whether or not we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. There's something that happened at an okay. NHL rink last night. It was weird. I don't oh, think it really boy. happened. So at some point, we'll have to talk <laughs> off air about it, okay? <laughs> or we could just say right now, I have zero interest in talking about that. That's true. Do you think it was uh, real or... Uh, just an attention-grabbing thing. I, I don't know, but finding out more about this person makes me not want to even bring it up. Okay. If, uh, if you're really curious, uh, it happened at a Florida Panther game. And then we'll decide whether we, we talk about it during one-timers. Uh, we have uh, some news to tell you about regarding this is the VGK mm-hmm. Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, so la- last night, everybody, we did our uh, media availability, and we're heralding the wonderful performance by Alex Petrangelo. And I said last night on, on the VGK Insider Show, let's let's put him down for 30 and then see where we end up. <laughs> like 30 and then boom. Yeah. His career high for minutes, 32-54 in, in an NHL okay. regular season game. Mm-hmm. He, was, like, he was over 30 just in regulation, which was wild. Yeah. And then ended up with 32.55. 32.55. And Mm -hmm. we talk about it. Dave and Shane talk about it at the end of the game. Uh, Lawless and I are going back and forth. The the media availability with Alex Petrangelo last night talking about how much he played. And then the official score changed his ice time. Twice. (laughs) Twice. Yeah. Petro ends yeah. up with 3230, which is not 3254 Ooh. or 3255. No. Oh. I don't know no. how that happens. Like I I really have some doubt about the yeah. accuracy of ice time anyway. I think it's fun uh-huh. and I and I end up with like Braden McNabb played 9 908 in the first period yesterday. I talked about it because it, it's interesting. Yeah. He was killing penalties. Uh, but the actual accuracy. But to have 32.55 and have it be a career high for ice time for one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League and 30 minutes later have it be 32.30, mm-hmm. that just ruins my entire narrative for the postgame show. <laughs> yeah. Well, And I'm going to speak for me right now, Ryan. That okay. changed the yeah, entire go for narrative it. of the post-game show. And I mm-hmm. I know Petrol have his own take on it, but yeah. it impacted me directly last night, and I wasn't very happy. You need to have a discussion with the official <laughs> scorekeeper then. Oh, I've had conversations with them because the idea that oh, shot, wow. the shot clock changes between the end of the mm-hmm. period and the start of the next period has driven me around the rink. <laughs> More times than I can tell you here. Dave will throw to me with one shot count. 
I'll give another one during the commercial, during the intermission, and then it ends up being another one. Yeah. By by the time we come back, I've had that conversation. I like that you're really salty about this. But the this ice is time, awesome. thirty-two fifty-five. <laughs> How does he lose twenty-five seconds? It seems improbable. I don't know. They, they're not well, going I mean, back it, through his shifts, shift by shift in the in the fifteen minutes after uh, the game ends. How does he lose twenty five seconds? Well, why don't you ask them? <laughs> I will have next, another conversation next Monday. By the way, can can I just? I, I, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. I want you to follow up on this. Like I want you because it is such an important thing to you, and, and obviously it means a lot to you. Um, I, I would like you to follow up and find out how guys lose ice time after a game. I really want to know. You I should have a plaque made up. You should have an official scorer on the chirp and just take them to task. Okay. All right. All right. You had a plaque made up, huh? Yep. I had a plaque made up. For Petrangelo? Yep. Uh, I was going to give it to him uh, this week at practice. How, uh, he's going to be very, you do very that disappointed. so quickly? <laughs> Amazon. Okay. Yeah, they have, they have drone delivery, but Ryan. It, it was delivered. Yeah, don't worry. You can cancel it. I'm sure it hasn't been engraved yet. It was delivered to me before the end of before we signed off the air. <laughs> okay, that's that's a lie. That's not a real thing that's yes. happening right now in the world. It, Everything's it was, backed it up, crazy. Darren. Come on, Am- stop. No chips. Make are, it believable. Chips, computer chips are backed up, but but not plaques. They got lots of plaques. Okay. Was it was All it right. one of those nice marble ones too? Uh, no, it was wood. Oh, okay. And and then yep. they 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 engraved did the engraving then they stuck the 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 piece of silver or whatever it was uh, onto the onto the wood. It's good. It had the date and yeah. everything. Did it did it have like a, a some a part of his jersey or maybe maybe nope. a part of his no, stick? No, 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 Nothing cool no. like that to it, commemorate. And and I'll be no, honest, it's just the plaque. I, I went I went cheap. The hockey player yeah. on the plaque didn't even look like a uh-huh. hockey player. Oh no, like it, it uh, looked it's like, like a Dundee. It, it looked like it could have been. Uh, a golfer or, or anything like it, it didn't doesn't stand out as a hockey player. So it, it may have been Darren like a writing or something. Pete Weber. And it was a right-handed and it was a right-handed uh, shooter <laughs> because uh, I just I just had to get it done. Uh, so I've got now I've got this plaque with thirty-two yeah. fifty-five. Congratulations, January eleventh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know what to do with it. And I'm, I'm assuming the uh, disclaimer says that uh, no returns on personalized uh, products. You yeah. have to check the fine Chapman, print on that. Chapman, yeah. you know you know what Darren did here? Um, he he took a Sharpie and he <laughs> no! wrote over a plaque that he has in his house. <laughs> no. That, that his kids gave him and that he's says upset. world's greatest dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There it is. No. It's amazing. That's my this mug. Is, That's this my is mug, mug and my like, T-shirt. This is, a really, this is a really deep rabbit hole to go down, Darren, to commit to the bit. Like, you're you're doing a good job here. I, I ordered a I plaque. I applaud you. And I was going yeah, to give it to him. Now I've got this plaque. So wants the plaque I'll, uh... no 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 give it away put it put put the plaque on social media so tag a picture of you okay, well, with the I'll, plaque I'll put it that. on social it's media it's at home now so. <laughs> well, yeah, right, I, I don't right, care that's what I'm me. saying like later later this afternoon or this evening when you get home first thing and this should be your first and only priority when you get home um, get the plaque take a picture of it, and let's put it on social and, and give it away. It'll be you, fun. You, you don't believe me that I got the plaque made. Uh, that's yeah, what, that's what I get out of it. no this. part of me that believes you. <laughs> Did anybody else sense some, like, finally that tipping point of frustration in Pete's voice last night? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Just a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, well not just the I, last I don't know. question. No, 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 no. The timing I don't of know. the last question I, wasn't exactly the best time for that, considering they played a great game at home. 
and and came back and got got a point. The question was about uh, the, their not performing points percentage wise uh, as well uh, this year as they at home compared to other years. I uh, probably I probably would have waited a couple of days uh, to to ask that question, but uh, not just that. It was uh, just. The, the injuries piling up and, and the three guys going into COVID protocol yesterday, it's like, okay, uncle. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, it, you you asked the question, and it's fairly obvious. When when you hear a head coach in, in, in this league, any league, whatever, say the next man up stuff's getting pretty old. Like that yeah. gives you a, a very clear glimpse into the frustration level that is boiling over for a team that is – quite literally had to deal with it all year long. Injuries, COVID, everything. Like the Golden Knights, I, I don't know how many games they've been able to play this year with the same lineup intact from the game before, I, I, but I, I can't imagine it's it's you know much higher than 10 out of their 39 games so far. Yeah, even, even the sweep of that East Coast road trip? They had guys yeah. in and out of the lineup uh, during that time. They just they've been they've been balancing this for so long, and just Pete was like, and I think the frustration is he just watched his guys play their tails off in that game, and mm-hmm. they yeah they probably deserve better. Just like some games, you deserve a, a little bit. You you don't uh, necessarily haven't earned. Uh, the victory, but you come out on top. But that was like that was a real workmanlike performance from the goaltender right on out, uh, and uh, lost in a shootout. And you shouldn't feel as bad. That's the amazing part in a shootout is you still feel like you lose the game. And well, and yet in in a case like last night, you shouldn't have felt like you lost the game. I I, I kind of feel like that way as well because you. First of all, I'm not a big fan of the shootout to begin with. I think it's kind of a dumb way to, to determine a winner of a hockey game. You'd rather game. leave it at a tie? No. I think what I'd rather see is is a 10-minute overtime, and then if after 10 minutes it's tied, then well, it's Well, then, then Petro would have had his 32-55. Yeah, see? And you, you could have kept your plaque. But <laughs> it, it was interesting listening to, to the to not only Pete, but you know you could tell that there was some frustration with, with Keegan, and, and I think Petrangelo, he, he didn't really allude to being frustrated but in some of his answers you could tell that there's definitely you know the frustration with guys being hurt and then you find out at the morning that you've got three guys who are going to be in COVID protocol one of them is is you know a pretty big contributor on the blue line so yeah I mean there, there's I think even as media I, I I find myself getting frustrated because it's like I want to see this team fully healthy and, and, and see what they're capable of when everybody is on the ice together and I just keep knocking on wood that at some point we're going to get to see that. Hopefully when it matters the most. Hmm. Last night's game was tailor-made for Shea Theodore, too. Yeah. Would have been, well, mm-hmm. yeah. Get up and down the ice. Not taking anything away from Nolan the, Patrick and Nick Waugh, but that was yeah. that was tailor-made uh, to answer back and back and forth. And especially the, the kind of the way that he's been playing lately. Like, there, there's been more um, north-south one-on-one or one-on-three types of rushes for Shea Theodore and you know he's he's playing with that confidence and you know to to be honest like you could have used Shea Theodore in in that game because you're you're tasked with defending one of the better offensive teams in the league and and that's kind of the big takeaway from from the game last night for me is that the Golden Knights as depleted as they have been all year long on the blue line 
held a really good defensive team to next to nothing over 45 plus minutes of hockey. Well, they that had their in and of itself is a pretty good Those guys had their like Matthews and company had their looks. They Yes, they did. But my my point is after the first period, there were not a ton of looks for the Toronto Maple Leafs. There were some there were some because you have great talent and good players and they're going to find them. But I thought the Golden Knights defended pretty damn well in the second and third period. Then you get to the shootout, and who who, who are you missing? Your, your standout shootout guys in Shea Theodore. And then yeah. Nick Waugh. Yeah. I just, weird, weird timing on that. Uh, so what what about the break? Do we, and we're talking about the, these five days between games. Boy, you... If there's any type of positiveness coming out of what we're what we're looking at right now, and there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of uh, enough, and can we not get something to bounce our way here with the with all the injuries and now COVID? But this little gap in the schedule could not have landed better for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, you would you would assume, right? Like the Golden Knights do not play again until Monday, so there is a, a pretty good chance that um, you know Nolan Patrick and and Nick Waugh and Shea Theodore could be available for the Golden Knights, assuming a, a negative test before. Um, but that's that's an option on the table, and and I think for the, for Vegas, like if you have an opportunity to get those players back into your lineup, and and understanding that. You know, you only had to go through one game without them. Uh, that's probably best case scenario. But I think Alex Petrangelo said it best yesterday. Like, they played a lot of hockey. This is a team that has played a ton of games so far this year. And this is a time to just kind of shut things down for a couple of days, regroup, refocus, and get back to it because, you know, you're looking at the second half of the season and it's not going to get any easier for the Golden Knights. Uh, throw Alec Martinez in the mix when you're talking about the three players coming off COVID protocol. And, and yeah, I know yeah. Alec is, is, is out for multiple reasons, the injury and also in, in COVID protocol. But what's another week in his uh, recovery process? So next, next Monday, I'm not saying this is, is going to happen, but next Monday you could have the three players from, from COVID protocol from yesterday and then uh, potentially Alec Martinez. And now you're you're looking at another week uh, with uh, the recovery of Max Pacioretty, uh, Laurent Bressois mm-hmm. uh, out of the lineup. Like there's there's a... Will uh, Carrier and Nick Haig. Yeah, there's a ton of... Like a week is, is a long, long runway uh, in the National Hockey League. We could see a much different team and have a much different narrative between now and then. And I, I think there's a rhythm to a season that we that is really important. Uh, I think we're out of the rhythm because of the two games that have been canceled in, in Edmonton and Calgary, and you've got an eight-game homestand. And it's not just being at home for, for three and a half weeks, but knowing that you're going to be home for three and a half weeks. And it just changes things. It knocks it out of kilter. But uh, it it that could be offset significantly by the returns in a week. Do you just try to 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 think about these final two games on this homestand as their own entity, right? Like if you were to keep the schedule the way that it was going into this the, the these three weeks, you would have a, a two two day break, and then you come back and you'd have two home games. 
given that you went two, two and two on those six games, do you just kind of wipe the slate clean when you come back and, and play Pittsburgh and Montreal and just I don't. looking to, to sweep those two games? I don't, but I could see how you would. I could see how the coaching staff would frame that. And, and I yeah. think that a lot of it will happen naturally. Because there'll be such a, such a break, they'll have a few days off just to just to recharge, and then they'll get back to practicing uh, on the weekend and and lead up to that game uh, on Monday. But uh, but I think there's there's a lot of it that will just occur organically with with a reset and and coming back and and almost uh, having an an unofficial second half of the the season. Chapman, I kind of like where you're going with that, Ryan, because I mean it, it's it's extremely unusual that you would have a homestand. And then in the process of that homestand, you would have six days between games. You know, obviously, unless there's an all-star break or Christmas break or something like that. It, I, I, I like that mindset of, all right, you know what? That's one homestand that's behind us. We're taking a couple days off, and now we reset, recharge the batteries, and Pittsburgh and Montreal are a separate two-game homestand. What is the play of that's the day? That's how I would view it. What is the play of the day? Is it Petrangelo's tying goal? Uh, where did you guys go with that? There was a beautiful glove save by Robin Leonard last night off Austin Matthews. Uh, there's uh, and, and Keegan Colasar scoring his first ever power play goal. A lot to choose from, as uh, I guarantee you it will come from the Golden Knights game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. The play of the day is coming up, and then we have one-timers in hour number two, and our game ratings are in. Sealed. We will unwrap those uh, to kick off uh, hour number two as the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. God, I feel sorry for the Montreal Canadiens right now. I just do. And I know that they met with Vegas in the playoffs last year and didn't go the Golden Knights way, but just seeing that franchise suffer through what they're doing right now. It, uh, it doesn't doesn't fit right. Uh, the play of the day is a courtesy of a third-period performance from the Vegas Golden Knights in which a great defenseman upped the level of his game. Down to the goal line intended for Stone, tapped away. Stone gets it. Marsh is to the right. Petrangelo shoots. He scores! Tie hockey game! Power play goal! Petrangelo! Sixth of the year! Now ah, that was awesome. Uh, what he did last night in 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 that play and being able to come down and uh, with his head up and and just look at Morgan Riley and uh, delay the shot and then be able to put it exactly where he wanted to put it. Uh, fantastic effort. Yeah, it was a, a phenomenal play on uh, on the power play from Alex Petrangelo, who, you know, as as Darren will tell you, um, should have should have a plaque on his way uh, right now, but unfortunately, it's. Uh, it's uh, it's a frustrating situation for Darren Millard because the, the the time was taken away from Alex Petrangelo. Yes, it should be, uh, and 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 I'm disappointed. And even though the the, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean uh, the the plaque is there, I feel like I should give it to him and say we'll always have that moment. But uh, but I can't yeah. do it uh, because his ice time was knocked down to thirty two thirty after the game, after initially uh, giving us the impression that he had uh, exceeded his career high by one second at 3255 and uh, I will I will not be uh, 
swayed away from doing this kind of thing for our athletes. I will continue uh, to uh, bombard them with uh, positiveness and gifts when they accomplish something, uh, and I will do it immediately, just like I did last night, uh, even though it didn't go our way. Well, in hour number two, we are going to get into the ratings for last night's game against the Toronto Maple Leafs and one-timers, uh, which will feature some uh, interesting happenings from the eastern side of the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.